It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a Radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Hello, everybody. We are live from Chicken Pete's in South Philly, where, as you can see, we are sampling the accoutrement yes. of uh, the crab fries, of uh, the wonderful cheese sauce that goes with them. We're actually preparing uh, not only for your fantasy drafts, plus we'll get into some Eagles news, obviously, as well, as uh, I don't know what the hell's going on with Christian Hackenberg, but he is know. here. He practiced today. He was throwing. Uh, there will be things said about him. Maybe even some fantasy value we can oh, find and fantasy. squeeze some oh, fantasy yeah. value oh, yeah. out of He's uh, got it. Christian Hackenberg. That Loses is it. Vince Quinn. I am John Barchard, and thank you for tuning in to the Go Birds podcast uh, live on uh, not only WIP Facebook, but uh, the replay through the feed as well. Vince, how are you feeling? Is your fantasy, uh, first of all, have you de- determined a team name yet? For your fantasy roster, oh, I've got five. Ooh, five I, of them. We'll huh? have to. Maybe we can whittle it down later. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, it'll it'll be a fun process. And yeah. Certainly throughout this, uh, once we get into the fantasy stuff, if you guys do have any fantasy questions that we can answer, certainly uh, be able to uh, take care of those. And if you're listening on the replay, at it's Vince Quinn at John Barchard at Go Birds Pod. Um, what I'm excited about is Thursday night because I, I wonder. I wonder if the Eagles have. I mean, they're, they're not going to do anything petty, right? Even though we want them to against New England as they go up there as champions and just you know wave their little hats and say, "Hey, you remember when we beat you uh, about six months ago? That was a lot of fun." Uh, but Thursday night is uh, we're going to be right back here. Me and James Seltzer, John Gentile, who's off camera, who works hard, who puts all these things together. We're going to be here for a couple of different reasons. One for the pregame show for Eagles Patriots. And uh, you know maybe uh, maybe Doug will bring some vanilla ice cream or something around just to <laughs> just to throw on the field or you know spit on the helmet or whatever. But it's also the first time that you're going to be able to get one of these beautiful bad boys right here. Bud Light is putting together a special Philly special, in fact, where you're going to get uh, two commemorative 16 ounce glasses plus that big beautiful bottle of Bud Light, and on the back of that is the Philly special etched out. We will actually be giving away about ten of those throughout the night. Marks and Reese will be here from 2 to 6. We're here from 6 to 8 uh, or 6 to right up until kickoff, and it's going to be a lot of fun. 
I have been told, Vince Quinn, yes. that Lane Johnson's signature will be on one of these Ooh. and that you have a chance to go and, uh, and take care of that. But uh, it's the first time that you can get it. It's August 16th. It's going to be a lot of fun on Thursday night. That sounds amazing, yeah. Uh, so we um, let, let's get into some of the Eagles news. One, can we punch in the face whoever started the rumor of Dallas Goddard's arm <laughs> being slaughtered? Like, that was, uh, that was kind of a big deal. Uh, that uh, yeah. that happened there, and I, I want to address a, a few things first. One, didn't you think it was it was pretty ridiculous that that went around and that actually got buzz? Two, the reaction to it, like people were so mad that reporters didn't have more information on Dallas Goddard. And guys, it's not how it works at all. No one is going to tell you, no matter what, no matter how many times you ask a coach, an agent, a doctor, or whatever, they will literally not tell you anything about an injury, especially in the preseason, and then it just rolled off like, oh my God, no one's saying anything. It must be disastrous. Yeah, unless he actually, one, he has to have the injury, which he didn't, and and two, unless it was something really major where it's going to affect things for long term, and he's got you know, he's walking around in crutches or has a big cast or Somebody something like that. Somebody said an air cast. I'm going, yeah. like, how, do you, how can you even say that? He walked back into the locker room. It was so quick. And that's the thing is, yeah, this just got it got so blown out of proportion because we did the radio show the other day and, and we got a question or two about it. And we're like, uh, I don't know. I, I've just seen rumors floating around. But that's the other thing, too. Think about it. There are like and this is a rough estimate. There, there are 5000 Eagles reporters in Philadelphia. So if one of those 5000 isn't reporting that somebody's got an injury, it didn't happen. <laughs> probably, probably OK. Yeah. Just wait. Wait for someone that, you know, not like Ad Darn Schefter. Or I don't know, like if I don't know. Ed fake, Arn's pretty good. Is there like a fake Ruben Frank yeah. out there? I don't know, like whatever it is. And unless it's somebody you actually know and trust reporting it, just just don't believe it. So he was back at practice today, uh, and as Jimmy Kipsky pointed out, arm sewn on, <laughs> ready to go. Everything was ready to rock and roll. Um, the other thing I've learned is that if Mike Groh has a press conference, skip it. Like holy no, holy nothing. That, that bad? It is. It's one two. If you are lucky, Mike Grow, who is a much better talker on the field than he is behind a microphone, you get two sentences, and that's it. Wow. And he didn't say anything. That's why everybody was wondering, hey, wasn't Mike Grow supposed to speak today? And he's going, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know. So the Eagles went into their bubble um, again, uh, uh, I think, for the – what I can't remember what day we're on. 12. It's been 12 times since they've gone 11 on 11. Sidney Jones, I believe, is back in the nickel starting slot. Uh, we will see where that continues. Obviously, I don't think you're going to see anything different than Jalen Mills, uh, Ronald Darby, and uh, and Sidney Jones all on the field at the same time, which which is exciting. I think that's yes. what we all want in the end. Oh yeah, that, and it's the best three guys that you've got. So get those guys, put them out there. We're not again, we're not trading Ronald Darby. He's going to stay. He's going to play. And the Eagles need that, frankly. And I'm totally 100 percent supportive of it. It's great. Uh, and and let's get to the meat of the the bones here, which was. Yeah, what was it? Yesterday evening, I, I just see Adam Schefter tweet out, and the Eagles have signed Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> and I go, now what possibly could you be thinking there? And then I made that. That was the one thing we did learn from the Grow press conference. So Mike Grow tried to recruit him in high school until Bill O'Brien stole him away and went to Penn State. That I, that I didn't know. Wow. So there is a connection with the family there. They're going to try and see what's, uh, what's coming up. But it's amazing how far that kid has fallen from his junior year sitting there with bill o'brien going like wow this is this is gonna be the next guy has 
a terrible senior year. It doesn't stop the Jets from taking him in the second round. He's gone after uh, one season, right? And then they, they ship him out. I mean, what is your expectation here? Because it's a camp arm to me. It is hopefully you get something out of him. And maybe or maybe not Doug Peterson and Mike Rowe and Press Taylor all are wizards and are going to turn him into a something other than Joe Callahan, which right now I'm going to say Christian Hagenberg is not better than Joe Callahan. He, he might is not. not. He might not be. And it's funny because for Callahan, my God, Callahan was awful, right? I mean, he was throwing jump passes more or less. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on with Joe Callahan. He was awful. But, yeah, you're taking a look at Christian Hagenberg. Hagenberg does suck. And I have zero expectations for this to be anything at all other than like an oddity that we can talk about five years from now. Hey, remember Christian Hackenberg had those two days where he was an eagle? That was funny, huh? Yeah, it was. Well, who's better? Him, Tim Tebow, or uh, who am I forgetting from last year? There's also a Penn State quarterback. Oh, my God. My oh, McGloin. No, Matt McGloin. Who's, who, out of those three, who's better? Oh, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Tim Tebow. Tim Hold Tebow. On. Hold Tim on. Tebow. Matt McGloin's better than Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. And uh, I don't know Christian. G.J. Kenny. How about that? G.J. Kenny. Shout out to SMU, uh, where I think he's finally taking over some play calling duties over there. Nice. Yeah, G.J. Kenny's better than all three of them. I would rather have him here. Yeah. Um, I uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it's uh, it's something. It's a headline grabber only because it's a, it's more head scratching than it is <laughs> exactly. interesting. All the question marks. So the one thing is, I mean, I have. Do you remember? The preseason game last year with him against the Eagles, I believe that was the last preseason game with all with all the scrubs in, and I don't remember a worse preseason performance against scrubs in my lifetime. So there's so much to unwind there. I would be absolutely shocked. I think this is first of all, it's a fa- it has to be a favor. If Mike Grow has that connection w- to bring him in, much like I'm sure. The Tebow thing was a, a favor <laughs> to yeah. when Chip Kelly brought him in because of Urban Meyer and all that. <laughs> and maybe maybe not do Urban Meyer favors in the future. Just FYI, throwing that out there. Yeah, that's uh, a good move. But um, I think that's more or less what this is. It keeps his name in the papers. Maybe somebody sees him on tape and goes, okay, we're going to drop QB3 and we're going to bring in Christian Hackenberg one more time. Oh, he went to the Raiders last year, right? I forgot about that move. So he went from wow, the Jets yeah. to the Raiders last year. But here's the thing. If Mike Groh is doing something where he's influencing roster decisions to get Christian Hackenberg on the roster, we got to fire Mike Groh. Like, get him out of here. I just, I, I don't care. I don't care what his responsibility oh, is. No, the fact that Christian Hackenberg is touching this team is such an embarrassment. Um, he's, he can't play. He's QB yeah, He can't it play. It doesn't matter. He's not going to affect he's anything. terrible, though. What? Like, Bring in anybody else that has an actual shot and you have any real interest who in. Has a, who, who on earth has a shot to make the team I would this, rather this far into camp Find already. some random D-tackle somewhere. Find an offensive lineman project that you can put on the practice squad and work with. Give me well, something. not going to be on the team either. Give it me doesn't something. matter. But, yeah, but it's something you could actually develop long-term. I know this is like a very minor thing, but like it's, minor, so it's, this is, it's so August take. This is He's so useless, though. <laughs> Does he have any value? No, 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 no! So, I take yeah. that. I take that back. He does have value. He's going to make sure that Nick Foles doesn't throw that much during the preseason because that's the other thing I forgot to mention. That's probably what's going to happen now. I mean, you saw Nate Sudfeld take on a lot of snaps. You saw Joe Callahan take on a lot of snaps, and now you are going to see less and less of that. I would say that you know uh, it's going to be Callahan and Christian Hackenberg. The majority. Oh my <laughs> God! I can't believe I said that. Obviously, outside of Game Three. 
where all the starters are going into, it is going to be that. It's must-watch television. So, that's what I'm saying. Against the Patriots, you're probably going to see Christian Hackenberg for six minutes, oh my God. seven minutes of the fourth quarter, and then moving down the line, that fourth preseason game, just turn it off. Right, well, that's, that's what I'm going to just it, it, don't even bother well, with it. Well, this is an important question. Uh, will you be able to live? Because I know you've done this after games with certain clips. Are you going to be able to do this live where you can just yakety sacks the entire game? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just yakety sack. Literally just loop it for the whole preseason the game. The day after. And it's just that'll be Christian Hackenberg's tape. You can do that pretty much with his, sorry to say this, his entire college and professional career to this point Yeah, already. So uh, that being said, I don't believe we will find any value from Christian Hackenberg fantasy wise comical though comical value through the roof yeah if you're playing see that's what needs to happen how come no one in fantasy football has constructed like the worst team wins but you still have to be active like that like oh, wow. you know how they like to do in poker when it's like deuce to seven draw or raz or just trying to find the worst thing there hasn't been the inverse i can start a worse team than you can <laughs> fantasy wise at like with a minimum they have to play at least you know, five or 20 snaps in a game or something. Yeah, like that. oh my God. That would be the best for like the first overall pick in the draft is Nate Peterman. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's going to that's gonna win great. you some points. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what did he do? Well, he went out, he threw five interceptions, yeah. 25 yards, and they lost the game with a shutout. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my to, first round. You have to start a whole bunch of bad guys, and they have to, if the points won't click over unless there have been like 20 snaps in a football game in which they've been involved in or something like that. I'm telling you, <laughs> that would be an interesting uh, fantasy football league for sure. But let me ask you this. So let's stick with the Eagles because most of us here that are uh, rock and roll on the Go Birds pod and on WIP are going to have a lot of people that are going to be drafting Eagles players just out of habit. We want to anyway. It makes us feel a little better. I know I'm one of those yeah. guys, and I, I constantly am the worst business person when it comes to fantasy football. I've got to have like one guy on there, even if he's on the bench with some upside. i got to have an Eagles player on there. Who, do you, in your mind, has the biggest upside as a starter for the Philadelphia Eagles on your fantasy team? Well, the guy that I think is going to be counted out a lot, and his, what I've seen of ADP is pretty low, Mike Wallace. Yeah, that's a good one. Mike Wallace is going to be... In terms of value, absolutely. Yeah, he's going to be a good player this year. And then you also consider the news that we're looking at now, where Alshon, who knows when he's coming back, week one, week two, week three. So if he's going to miss a couple of weeks early, Wallace is going to have that advantage for the first couple of weeks. And then just throughout the season, he's a big play guy. So it's going to be a little bit boomer bust, but for the back end of your roster, man, you can't do better than Mike Wallace. Uh, I'm going to take that a step further, and I do agree. And this is the thing that uh, you know we discussed on the Saturday show is... You got to realize how big of an upgrade Mike Wallace is as opposed to Torrey Smith. When people think of like the guy replacing Torrey Smith, they still think of Torrey's skill set. And as much as I love Torrey as a person and was very just open in the locker room, would tell you literally anything that was on his mind, and that was great. Uh, the skill sets are completely different. Uh, I think Torrey got bogged down into I'm a guy that just runs nine routes and it's really fast, and that's it. Um, I think Mike Wallace is in that same spot, but he's played in and out pretty much his entire career after Pittsburgh. He's been very versatile. The speed is obviously still there, too, at 31 years of age. He doesn't have a problem just turning on the Jets. That open practice on Saturday, he's sitting there and, and burning him up. I think it was Bosby and Malcolm Jenkins both at the same time, and it was nothing fancy. It was just, I'm, I'm going to go turn on the Jets and go. Uh, for the Eagles to sustain their success, they're going to have to have bigger plays throughout the season. 
And they did. They certainly did. We, uh, you know, we remember them throttling the, the Cardinals when we were all the biggest nerd. What was that, week four or five? Well, you know, Carson hasn't thrown the deep ball yet, and then all of a sudden the offense changed after that happened. Yeah. And that was with Torrey. If you get him a while, too, to do that it, last it year. really, really did. I think early on Mike Wallace is going to be your touchdown guy. Uh, I feel pretty confident no matter if it, it if for some reason, and it's – I don't know how I feel at this point. I've been so back and forth on whether or not Carson Wentz is going to start week one, but Mike Wallace is probably going to be your touchdown catcher. Him and Zach Ertz, obviously. That's the other player that's, that's a no-duh uh, type of move. I'm not exactly sure where his ADP value is right now, but just in terms of that, you know, Ertz is, is still going to be the safety blanket for anybody that comes through. And that's going to be – I actually think Mike Wallace opens up Zach Ertz even more than any other player did last year, more than Alshon Jeffrey, more than surprisingly Nelson Aguilar, is that's that's on those three-by-one uh, spots where it's Ertz by himself on, you know, hopefully the safety or by by some uh, random chance on linebacker or whatever. That's just, you know, where you're going to be constantly eating and feeding in. But I agree, though, Mike Wallace is a huge upgrade, and it opens up a couple others, which is why I want to mention this name, and I've already said his name already. In terms of strictly where you're going to get him and what he's going to do for your fantasy football team, Nelson Aguilar, to me, is the guy to own on the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, it's obviously a lot of um, people will do the same thing, especially if you're playing with out-of-towners. People are going to go, listen, the Eagles offense, they spread out the ball. No one's really sure where it's going to go there. Nelson Aguilar, I think, is not only increases his role, he looks so much better coming into this camp than he did the year before. Speed's there. The strength's there. We've already seen it a little bit. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he's a little banged up right now. We're not sure what's going on. Nelson Aguilar, to me, is the guy to own if you're the uh, fantasy owner and you want an eagle on your team. Well, yeah, because the slot receivers changed so much. Before, it was you'd get a couple of yards here and there. And, and you were getting the point per receptions, but you weren't getting a whole lot else. And now it's totally changed. And so it's nice to see that from that era where guys like Jason Avant were your slot guy, now you've got Aguilar, who is so dynamic, can get those big plays for you. And by the way, and this is something we could see more this year, but he had those opportunities where they'll do the jet sweeps, yes. and, and you get some value out of that. So if you're able to get a, like a sneaky rushing touchdown here or there out of Aguilar to mm -hmm. go with all of the catches and the big plays and the touchdowns that he's going to bring. So he had, what, like nine touchdowns last year? Yeah, he had a great season. So, yeah, there's no reason that he can't continue to be good, if not better. And and the confidence was obviously a big issue for him in the whole course of his career. So he has that whole thing where he's, he's crumbling in front of his locker two years ago. And now at this point, he, he's ready to go. And so he's got that confidence. Hold on, hold on. You know who's now ready oh. to go? You and I, sir. Oh, yeah, baby. Philly, Philly to everybody out there enjoying their Monday evenings. I know it was a tough and man. Mondays suck. They are. They're the worst. So let's uh, let's enjoy this together. Oh. Cheers to everybody. Except Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> Except Christian He's the one guy I will not. This is not for you, Christian. Yeah. It's not for you. You enjoy your water, sir. <laughs> and your popcorn. And you just, you, you, this is, this is for the, uh, you know, the Super Bowl champions that stuck it through. You're, yeah, you're you new here. you to earn it. Um, but sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off when you're, <laughs> when you're talking about Aguilar. Uh, but you're right. I mean, that's, that's how I look at it too, where you're just, um, even with, they are, they are really going into, uh, what I've noticed and a lot of other people have noticed, Doug is is tinkering to a point now where it does start to look like a college offense. And that means Nelson's going to be in a lot of different spots. I actually went back uh, because we are working on uh, the underdogs, which is uh, the 2017 playoff run uh, from the voices of like all the WIP guys. And I actually had to go back and just 
rewatch that Oakland game for a second. It wasn't as disastrous as it was. It was bad. There, there, there was Doug Peterson trying to force Na- Nelson Aguilar into action when Nick Foles got there, and you saw him in the backfield behind Corey Clement sometimes in motion. And you know, I feel like there are more wrinkles coming. And not to say that the offense is going to point towards Nelson Aguilar. I'm thankful for those playoffs because it opened up Doug's mind a little more on how to even use him a lot better. I mean, coming out of the draft, Nelson, I I even said a million times, this guy is a running back once he has the ball in his hands. It's what he grew up doing in high school, and then he turned that into a wide receiver. So he still is, to me, a little more of a Swiss Army knife than people get him credit for, and I could see him you know, having a few more touches this season. Yeah, I mean, maybe someday he's as good as Tavon Austin will be for the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) You know, that web back, John. (laughs) Did you you see Ed Warner's tweets last night, by the way? No, I didn't. Uh, They said that um, Tavon Austin's energy was very Michael (laughs) Irvin-ish. And I'm just going, what does that mean? And then How I could you say that Brandon Whedon looked very Steve Youngish or felt Steve. What does that even mean? They are they are desperate for offense out there in Dallas. So that'll be so unbelievable. Now, what's your rule, by the way, when it comes to fantasy football? NFC East opponents okay on your football team, or do you just go? I can't do it. No, this is a it's a heartless business, John. You got to win, and it is so heartless. I'll I'll take Dallas Cowboys. I got no problem with. It. I got a dynasty league, and my first pick that one year was Zeke. You better believe it. You know, I'm not passing up on that guy. He's an elite talent, and so sure you want to. You, if it's your point where you don't want to take guys from the division, so be it. But if I see Odell Beckham Jr.'s on the board and he's the best receiver left, if I see Saquon Barkley on the board and I'm picking like eighth. You know I'm taking them. I just I'm not giving up value for because the rooting is you know that you have it's two separate spaces. You have to keep it apart. And so fantasy is is one thing, and that's all about money and winning. And then when it comes to cheering and rooting for things, like sure, if the Giants are playing the Eagles, I'm not going to root for Saquon Barkley to go and run wild all over the Eagles because I'm an Eagles fan, and that's up that's that's what you should be doing as a fan is being able to keep your rooting interests and your fantasy stuff separate. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. I mean, there are, there are t- like, for instance, is because uh, I already heard Ike Reese today plotting for our, our WIP draft, uh, which is going to come up uh, this week here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hey, he's, he's in there saying, like, oof, we got to be, uh, we got to, I think it's going to be Zeke. I think my guy Zeke, because he's number three. And according to, you know, most ADPs, that's where he ends up going. I don't know. I don't, that's the one guy that I don't want on my football team, and I, and I just I can't do it. That's the – I will find – especially because I'm a big zero running back theory guy. Uh, yeah, you well. are. Yeah, you are. So uh, I don't – I just think it's uh, – it's other other than that, I'm with you, though. See, that's it's, the thing. It is, it's about winning money. you got to just put everything else aside, and, and it, they're just numbers, and you go with that. Yeah, it's, I mean, you have, to, you have to take the risk. If I'm willing to draft bad people if they're good fantasy <laughs> players. I mean, it's, it's seriously yeah. like if I have to draft Joe Mixon this year, I'm going to do it. If he's yeah. available and it's like the third round or something like that, fourth round, like I, I could probably take Joe Mixon. Why not? He's a good player, and I think he's going to have a good year. So uh, you got to keep those things separate. It's, it's just that simple. Yeah, no, I agree. So let's, uh, let's get into some of that and. Um, I, I'm. We'll roll through the the top ten here because this is where I I see a lot of people make mistakes. In my opinion, there's just there's too many drafting of running backs in the first round. I'm gonna say it. The first, it's it's if you are in a half point or full point PPR league, 
And that's really if who's still playing in a standard league. Raise your hand. Nobody. Yeah, it's awful. who's doing that still. If you if you're playing the standard league, you're probably doing the eight man thing, which also should be abolished. Like a minimum ten teams, because then what's the point? Everybody's just picking the you know like a you know. <laughs> Amazing talent for uh, yeah for twenty rounds and there's nothing to think about when your bench is an entire starting team yeah. like it's yeah it gets a little ridiculous. maybe make it a little harder but between uh, let's write off the top five Todd Gurley Le'Veon Bell Ezekiel Elliott David Johnson and then Antonio Brown who by the way was a little dinged up coming out of training camp today I mean I don't think that's that's necessarily a, a bad thing Todd Gurley uh, uh, number one overall Le'Veon Bell the situation still up in the air but you know. He's an ultimate weapon, and he'll be back out there on the field because he's looking for Todd Gurley money and more. Mm. And and Zeke's going to be Zeke for the most part. David Johnson coming off an injury, yeah, that's fine. But it's also perfect for checkdown Sam. Exactly. No, that's <laughs> so, really I I totally agree. The Sam Bradford factor and the fact that even if he because let's be real too with Sam Bradford, inevitably he's going to get injured yeah. or he's going to just be mediocre and he's going to get replaced by Rosen. And all the same, you're going to a rookie quarterback then, and what's he going to do? He's going to check down. He's going to throw to the running back. David Johnson's going to have a hell of a year. I don't know if it's a hell of a year, but he's to me. That's why if you're putting a lot of eggs in your basket, especially up top there, if you end up taking David Johnson two or three or whatever, and now it's especially most of the time in a snake snake style draft where it takes that long to get back, I, I'm still very comfortable going wide receiver over running back almost every single time for that reason because the the running back position, as much as it's still more valuable in actual NFL scenarios, it's still devalued in fantasy a little bit to me. Like, you can find this. You really can find the same guys at, at one through five as you probably can 30, 40, 50, 60. It's just about grouping and hitting as much as possible. It's not like, oh, well, this guy has the same talent level and the same output. No, it's just about collecting about seven of them towards, you know, the fifth round back. And then and hopefully the, the scouting and the gambling and the luck say, you know, one of those one of those six is going to hit and you can kind of carry on from there. Yeah. And and for me, and, and you can maybe carry on Johnson from there. But uh, anyway, so <laughs> what, what you're doing is uh, you're talking about a whole different strategy, which I dig. And that's I think that's one of the important things to talk about when you're discussing fantasy is like the same way you build a team, right? Like the Jacksonville Jaguars are a ground and pound heavy defensive team. That's how they want to do business. You're going to look at other teams like, uh, I was going to say the Rams, but my God, they added everybody on defense. Uh, but you get a lot of teams that will be like, the Saints typically are a super offensive heavy team and very little on the defensive side. It's the same thing. It's, it's different team building strategies. They can both work, but you should have an idea of what you want your strategy to be going in. And for me, I do like getting that running back at the top because sometimes these battles change and, and guys get nicked up. And if you've got a workhorse back, that has a pretty good injury history, I feel just a lot more comfortable at the start of my draft to go and take one of those guys. Now, luckily, you're not dealing with anybody this year that's like too old, you know, at the top of the draft. All of those guys are like 27 or younger. Yeah, they're young. Which is good because in the past couple of years, what have those struggles been? It's like, do I, is it still, does Adrian Peterson still have it? Does Jamal Charles still have it? So when you're looking at what the top four running backs are there, and it's uh, Gurley, Bell, uh, Zeke, and David Johnson, they're all great bets. I mean, they're all great young. I mean, David Johnson's coming off the, the injury, but 
generally, I like the outlook for all of those guys. And so if I'm in the top four, I've got no problem taking a running back. I'm very happy to do it. I think because of the influx of running back talent, too, over the last couple of years is why I'm going to still tell you to wait and continue to wait. And here's the, the, the one interesting one that I know that guys like Mike Clay and Field Yates and a bunch of other people have discussed is Saquon Barkley. Uh, shout out to all the Penn State fans. Uh, but I believe he's at six right now. <laughs> and I got to say, that's that's ridiculous. I know that ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous to have Saquon Barkley at six. I know everybody's offensive output is, you know what? I could see him rushing for 1,100 yards and catching for 400 or 500. Plus, he's getting those receptions. And, yeah, he's... Not the only focal point in the in the Giants, but I mean, just looking at one preseason game from Pat Shermer and Eli Manning, you're going, all right, what's changed from Ben McAdoo? And not much. Their offensive line still stinks. Will Hernandez is an upgrade, but still going to take some time to go there. Nate Soldier, not great. You know, uh, you have to, and, and preseason does matter for fantasy. I know people just go throw it away like it doesn't matter. It does matter uh, to see kind of what they're doing. And for Eli to get rid of pressure to much like Sam Bradford, or much like, like they don't have a big play offense right now, unless it's Odell, that's, uh, unless it's Evan Ingram, uh, I think he'll see a lot of targets. He'll have to, but they're going to be two and three yards, and he's going to have to turn them into 10, 20 long runs for a touchdown. I think six is, is too high for rookie running backs, even though full well knowing that it transfers really easily and you don't have to worry about you know, that, that rookie wall or whatever comes aboard here. Yeah, I'd be willing to concede a spot or two from six, but generally, man, uh, I love Barkley's outlook because he is a guy that can play everywhere out on the field. They're going to spread him out a lot. He's going to catch a ton of passes. Outside of, uh, well, Evan Ingram's a pretty good player. So you got Odell Beckham, Evan, Evan Ingram, and then their other, the third receiving option is going to be Barkley. He's going to catch a lot of balls. And you're right. I, I think it's, it is important to talk about the Pat Shermer factor because last year, like, the Giants should have beaten the Eagles in that one game they played. That was the first time they really did the dink and dunk stuff, yeah. and, and it worked. But if Shermer can find a way with that slightly improved offensive line to, to stretch it out and get some bigger plays, then Barkley is absolutely he's, he's a top, you know, top five player. But uh, I don't think they're going to get those big plays this year. That is a big concern. Plus, obviously, you're playing the division. And playing the Eagles twice a year isn't going to be a good help for them. They're going to get just dominated. I mean, think of like Jordan Howard and the touted Bears running game. They just died. So I, I don't I don't see how that gets better for Barkley either. It, it, generally, though, I, he's definitely a first-round talent, and I, I do like his outlook. I think he's going to be enormously frustrating in this fantasy year. Like, he will have games where it's, he you know, they'll rattle off the 35 or 40 points and get those humongous and then for two weeks, maybe he turns into six. Maybe he turns into seven. Maybe he turns into eight. And then, you know, it's just going to be, feel like it's going to be an up or down roller coaster, not because of him necessarily, just kind of the team that's around him for the time being. Yeah, that's a good point. Because one of the things that you're looking for here, too, is the boom potential. You want a guy that's going to score the most amount of points in the optimistic scenarios. And it, when you're looking about the optimistic scenarios with Barkley versus those other top backs, he is a step down from them. There's no question about it. And so... Because, uh, like, David Johnson will catch 80 balls a year. Saquon Barkley catching 80? Probably not, even if he catches, like, 45-50, which is still a lot. So that difference is important. And, uh, yeah, it definitely, like, it's a, it's almost like a 1 and 1B one tier. But yes. Barkley, I think, is 1B. 
Uh, yeah, and he's just outside of that. But then this is what I'm saying, though. You look at the rest of the running backs that are on here, and in no particular order, uh, Fournette ADP is is right around there. Alvin Kamara, obviously, is he likes to talk smack about Philadelphia as much as possible. Is still yeah. going to hang around that top ten. Uh, Melvin Gordon's there. Dalvin Cook coming off of his ACL. Uh, Devontae Freeman. Uh, I know that interesting that Christian McCaffrey keeps getting mentioned here too, and in and supposedly yeah. in training camp. He's really boosted up, and he's getting a, a ton. Well, I mean, Curtis Samuel is also getting reps with the one at this point, too. So who knows what's happening there? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that, but that's where he's still going. He's still going in the top 20. Uh, but again, in PPR, that could be value again if he ends up a, a splitting down. Rashad Penny, who's a rookie this year, who is, uh, again, one of one when it comes to Seattle running backs. Jay Ajayi makes uh, the top 40 overall. And let's, let's talk about Ajayi for a second because that's been – kind of up in the air and i see john gentile even asking this question in uh, on the facebook live is you know a on his own is not going to have the greatest chance for pbr i do think he's going to be mostly the feature back in here but uh we're not the only ones thinking this at least i think you're on the same page here too vince is Corey clement could have end up having equal or more touches than jay Ajayi just because of him being involved in the passing game a little more i think he's going to be the first man up over sproles I, I would wait till the third preseason game to kind of at least have somewhat of an understanding of what's going on there. But what do you do between these two uh, running backs in Philadelphia between the Giant Corey Clement? Man, it's it's pretty close, right? I mean, from what I've seen rankings wise, like a Giant gets drafted way ahead of Clement, which means that one Clement is going to be a really good value buy, and if you get the opportunity, a couple or you know let him go drift a round or two after a Giant, then go and pull that trigger because man, it's going to be worth it. And the other thing is too with a Giant. Because you also have to evaluate injury risk, and when it's that close between Clement and Ajayi, and Ajayi's got the knee issues, I look at Clement, and he's a definitely a better value. Yeah, for sure, right now. Yeah, and that's where uh, I, I think it's important to almost wait, as well because, again, as I'm going through all these lists, there's still Sony Mitchell, there's still uh, a Chubb, there's still... I mean, there's a million running backs out there. Yeah. So, my, I know we disagree on this. Just wait. Wait. Unless you're in a keeper league where they're all eaten up anyway and you got to go get somebody early and there's a ton of wide receivers on the board, which I know in dynasty leagues and things like that, it's completely different. But there's an amazing amount of running backs. I'm telling you, if there's uh, any, any opportunity for you to try your zero running back theory this year, it's this year. Uh, there's so many guys you can pick off from the fourth and fifth round on and just accumulate, and this is where you got to wheel it. Are, are you a good wheeler and dealer? You know, it's it's hard yeah. for me to, uh, in standard leagues that are non-keeper leagues, that to, to get people to release. And I, I must play with a bunch of nits. Can't get people to trade. Any, what's your trading advice since you're so good at it? Well, you got to be persistent is one thing. You've got, and you've also got to you got to show the other person you're trading with that you're trying to fill a need for them as well. Hey. I've got a lot of running backs because I did the zero running back theory, and so I drafted seven guys after the fifth round. So I've got a couple of guys here, and you really don't. Let me trade you a handcuff that you don't have. Let me trade you. You know, you have to give up something to get something. I think yeah. that's it, – it sounds simple, but I'll tell you, the number of garbage deals that I get offered every year, it's appalling. Like, it's really – it's like, let me give you five – Don't be that guy, yeah. by the way. I don't want to see five emails – 
with you know roughly the same amount of uh, trade value in each one. Yeah. yeah, don't expect to offer a bunch of bad players. Like, here's five bad guys that are, are maybe going to play for you every week. How about you give me your star-wide receiver? Like, that doesn't work. <laughs> you have to give yeah. up legitimate value. And so here's the thing. Occasionally, you can lose games a lot of times by, like, five points, you know? So if you can find a way to just make small upgrades where you trade a good receiver and you trade a bench piece and you move up in quality from, like, we were talking about 1B, like if you were able to move up from getting Barkley to having Zeke or having David Johnson or, or, or any of those guys, Todd Gurley, like, that's a small thing. But later in the season, if you just need those few extra points, then maybe that's the kind of move for you. Uh, so what are some other do's and don'ts for you when we're when we're talking about fantasy football just in general? My one big one is... You have to limit the amount of people calling in on Skype or the phone or FaceTime or just it's so much it's so much chaos. I'm I'm in a league right now that yeah. splits it like down the middle because everyone is you know in Chicago or Texas or California, New York. I feel like it's all over the place and it's excruciating. I say say you most almost have to outlaw the call in at some point. So are you doing so you're doing the draft where everybody's in the same room but you have six people called in. Yeah, like so half of them are in the room on camera and everybody's trying to shout out as much as possible and then yeah. you got the other six guys on the computer. Man, it's uh, frustrating. Is it an auction league or not? It is not. Okay, well then here's yeah. what you do for that. The best way to handle that is draft in the online room, but you can still get six people together. I mean, if you got Wi-Fi, like just sit in a room and you can all be on the same computer or different computers. That's and basically and I, what we do now. It yeah. just takes forever. Yeah, yeah. It, it can take a little while, but at least that way. There's children waking up. Everybody's got to pee at the same time. You know, <laughs> you got to be rule set in place here. Yeah. It, it, you got it, things to do. Yeah, you got to make sure you respect that time because it is hard to get everybody together, too. And you have to be cognizant of that. Like nothing bothers me more than running a fantasy draft and telling people, hey, look, the draft starts at one. That's it. It's starting at one, and we're going to start without <laughs> you. And I've done that. I've done it literally, and it's auction draft. So they've missed out You're on out. A, a couple of players because they didn't show up on time. And that's what you have to do because to get 12 people together is very hard to do. It Everybody's is. got busy lives, and you know some people are married with kids and all this different stuff. Yeah, try to respect everybody's time, show up on time. And and be ready to draft. Just know that you're going to be a part of this thing for the next two hours or so, and you got to be locked in. Yeah, because Frank's already getting crap from his wife about you know he told him he told her late, obviously. Yeah, he's trying to sing. I was like, oh yeah, sorry, I meant to tell you, got to do a fantasy draft. You got to stay with the kids. When are you going to be back? Oh, about eight hours. Okay, bye. <laughs> so you know you gotta you gotta factor all that stuff in too. I would also say, if you're scared of auction drafts, don't be. Do those over anything else. Auction yeah. drafts to me are the fairest way to figure things out. You don't have to worry about picking one or 12 or like in that death spot of like seven or eight when it's not as fun. Why do you like auction drafts over, over anything else? Frankly, I like auction drafts because I think I'm good. And I'm I'm good at valuing. I'm people. shocked. I know. So, but here's let the me just like there you go. Yeah, All right, there yeah, we and go. Let, you know, let me do it for me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm well. going to pat myself. So. But here's the thing is if you really feel like you've got a good knowledge of all of the players out there and what they're worth, then you're going to have an advantage because you're going to be able to go like, let's say we've got those those running backs at the top of the draft. Right. And I think that David Johnson is going to be the guy that's going to have the best year out of all of them. Well, I can bid these other running backs up 
And if people want to pay like 55, 55, 55 for all these other top backs, well, then eventually money's out of the pool and I can maybe get David Johnson for a little bit cheaper. And Just and, trying to avoid his name at, at all costs? Yeah, yeah. like there's, there's just different ways you can handle it. I love the strategy of an auction draft. I love finding values in the draft because like uh, being – having the pacing of when you spend your money, I think is really important, which is why I'll nominate guys that I'm not interested in that I know will go, you know? So like uh, all of the, I think it's a true, if you have a true mastery of fantasy football, that's the spot you have to be because it's a very, you know, you're not just picking a guy because ESPN says this is the best player left on the board right. and you need a wide receiver. It's like, no, I see this guy that's a, you know, he's a rookie running back and he's, de he's devalued a little bit. I'm going to be able to get him for $4. I think he's really worth 12 Like though, That's a massive – think about that's that. Like, it's a massive bargain. So you feel so good you when those things like happen. You must feel like Howie Roseman. You know? I, I am Howie Roseman. No, I taught him true. everything he knows. That's what, I, that's what I figured. The yeah. other thing I like about auction drafts, too, is especially there, and if you can call it out early, I just start with the kickers. Just, boom, <laughs> just get them out there just to throw everybody off. Or after like a large fight has happened over Aaron Rodgers – Oh man, is that fun to just bring it, bring the house down, and then just you know, or the Jaquiz Rogers or somebody like that that you just can uh, mess with everybody's head, and that's what the, the psychological part of that too uh, really moves things along. So it's and having having bench guys and calling out bench guys early can be an advantage because people are using up that pool, just like you said. Yeah, true. And and here's the other thing too that's fun about an auction draft, and these are going to be two names this year that are incredibly fascinating. One, what do you do with Lashawn McCoy? Wow. How much do you pay for LaShawn McCoy? What, what round do you draft what they, LaShawn what, McCoy? What do they have his, uh, his value at right now? Is that in there at all? Oh, well, this, this is a uh, giant piece of garbage, actually, <laughs> that I, I just got $8 and threw it in the trash. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, that's good. It has names on it, so I keep oh. it. But, my God, it's awful. So just to give you perspective on this, it says the third best quarterback in fantasy this year, period. Third best quarterback, Jameis Winston. <laughs> it's, really? That's yeah, a bad Man, thing. What a, what a, it's useless. Can you use that for toilet paper? Because I, I, I mean, I it might. looks like it's soft enough. Just out of principle, I paid for it, so I want to get some <laughs> use out of it. My God, it's so it's so bad. It's well, really I'll tell you what. I'm going to use the the Fantasy Pros calculator, uh, fantasypros.com. Uh, Lashawn McCoy right now they value as the 15th running back at 25 bucks. So 25 dollars for Lashawn actually seems to me slightly undervalued. At this point in time, yeah. now there's still, obviously, with his uh, domestic abuse Which allegations, just hanging out in the air. You're not exactly sure what's going to happen. But I have definitely seen, once again, for what seems to be the 90th year in a row, the Buffalo Bills still do not have a quarterback. I am not a believer in Josh Allen or Peterman or whatever. A.J. McCarron. Oh, yeah, A.J. McCarron. Yeah. And whatever other hunk of junk that they're going to throw there still means a lot of Sean McCoy. Their offensive line is still pretty decent. It's going to get the workload for the most part. I wouldn't. I would say that twenty five dollars is pretty fair. You know, I I don't even know if I want to touch him. I, I if it was twenty or under, I would consider it. But the thing is, man, the whole interior of that line just went away. Richie Incognito is gone. Eric Wood retired. You combine that with not having yeah. a quarterback to ah, speak that's of. A, that's a fair point. It's really bad in Buffalo, man. I, I Lashawn's going to be facing eight man boxes. And he's going to be getting no help whatsoever. I just, I think it's going to be, I think he's under a thousand yards. I think he's like five, six touchdowns. It's going to be a bad, bad year for him. And that's if he plays the whole year. So with all those things combined, uh, most likely I don't touch him at all. And I'm, I'm a pretty risky guy. Like Josh Gordon is yeah. a guy that I, I would be interested in, but uh, McCoy scares the hell out of me this year. Well, uh, and that's, that's all fair too. And, you know, just looking at like a lot of the, 
the three and two dollar yos here. I mean, you know, as much as Kenyon Drake has been in the minds of everybody down in Miami of going to be the guy, Frank Gort's still going off at two dollars, you know, and is still at probably you know 158th on your ADP chart. To me, that's where you see value. Uh, Doug Martin, I know people are, <laughs> you know, I, whatever you kind of feel about that, I'm I'm not particularly high on him. But again, another two dollar yo on him. Yeah. Then worth it. Then you're talking about some other things. The eleven dollars with Deion Lewis, I feel really good about him in Tennessee. Uh, Duke Johnson, if you're in a PPR league at five dollars, absolutely. Carlos Hyde, I don't know what's happening there in uh, in Cleveland. Three good backs, yeah. yeah. But there's and and that's going to be spread out. But even you know some of the young younger guys, uh, Ronald Jones, who has looked pretty good so far and doesn't have too much competition with. Jaquiz Rogers and who else? Peyton Barber yeah, is the Peyton, other guy. Who is, I think, the appropriate response? Yeah, yeah. But but again, this is where you know um, Royce Freeman, who's going to be a who looked pretty good so far in Denver, is another guy that is love him. You know, again, eleven bucks probably right around there. And then you just get into your regulars again too. You figure out what's happening in New England. Maybe you maybe you take a shot on Rex Burkhead or you take them all. Um, but there's, uh, you know, and everybody forgets to, here's an interesting name that I'm not really sure when we're talking about running backs on where to put him once again. Uh, Lamar Miller is, is always the guy that everybody drafts and goes, okay, now I've got my RB one, a RB two. I'm good. I'm good. And I'm going to be great. And then of course it always just, it motors into it. I think a lot that offense moves as well as Watson will move. And you saw that was evident with DeAndre Hopkins last year. Not so much in the backfield. I think if Watson stays healthy, he does become a little more valuable than the past couple of years. Yeah, he does. But, man, that's the thing with Lamar Miller. I've been through it, and I've heard it so many times. And it's like every year Kyle Rudolph's going to be a a top five tight end, right? Like, it's the same thing with Lamar Miller. You just hear it all the time. He's going to be a top ten running back. He's going to be a really good value this year. you got to go and take Lamar Miller. Trust Lamar (laughs) Miller. And I, I, I have. And he just doesn't do it. He He's not like we were talking a little bit earlier about guys that have dynamic upside. Yeah. And I just don't see that from Lamar Miller. I think he is a totally capable guy. I don't think he's flashy or, or incredibly gifted in any particular way. And so, it, like, if I'm desperate for a guy as an RB2 and, and he's fallen a bit, then I would consider him. But I'm not stretching. I'm not targeting Lamar Miller at all. I am targeting uh, Chris Thompson, however. And again, yes. that's like. My to God. me, that's a that's a perfect RB two. I I can't figure out the thing that is is funny to me is that Washington did a lot of stuff during the offseason. No one really knows if it upgraded or downgraded them, but they're also extremely quiet right now. That always kind of gives gives rings a little bell. I'm just like you know, no one said anything about Washington a lot other than, and that always leads people to believe to go. Well, if nobody's talking about them. That means uh, you know they'll they'll probably be better than people are thinking because they're off to the side. They're not getting the spotlight. They're not getting the attention. I think Washington could be one of those teams, and you know, unfortunately for Darius Geis and all of my uh, dynasty uh, folks that drafted him, I, you know, there's the two or three leagues where I saw him go early. Yeah, really sucks for that. But that opens the door again for Chris Thompson to kind of go back into the swing of things. It's not like Samaje uh, Samarja P Ryan is going to just suddenly turn into that guy or at least not get the majority of the carries fat rob the same way who was a little banged up last year too you know chris thompson to me is is again great value probably uh, eighth rounder or, or later and for auction leagues he's you know 
valued at 11 bucks. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Now, I don't want to take my shirt off because we're in the middle of Chickies and Pete's, but, <laughs> there, there, but there is a, there is a me, Chris Thompson tattoo on my heart. Uh, I just I, I don't know what it is about that guy. He Sounds just, like it hurts, man. He's, oh, no, I love it, baby. Okay. Uh, so he's he's just so incredibly fun to watch. He's dynamic. He can he's that guy that's just supposed to be your third down back, but he can do so much more than that. And his big playability last year was one of the reasons why Washington was relevant for a while. He was the best thing they had without a doubt on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and for guys to go down, that was the first guy I thought of. Is I yeah. is just man, Chris Thompson is going to have an opportunity to go off again this year. And I he, for a late pick as a guy that could be your second or third running back, and he he could probably be your third just on the way that people look at him. He doesn't have notoriety, you know. There's no like there's no flash in saying Chris Thompson's name for your average NFL fan. So uh, for him, a guy that could be yeah your third running back that could place is a second man i love chris thompson yeah. i i can't say enough good things about him nice flex position too there if it's uh if it's in there and also just to all the commissioners make tight ends flexes and i don't know why people don't you know stick to the to the rb wide receiver all the time tight, tight ends are flexible too like just make all the skill positions flexible for please no qbs but make some make the rest flexible huh uh, you're, you're that guy, aren't you? Like, no, oh, tight ends don't belong in the flicks, but yeah, I kind of. Well, oh, well, no, no, no. no. I, I thought you were saying get rid of the tight end slot. Period. Oh, just, no, no, no. I'm saying okay. Make sure that your flex oh, spot they, also allows tight ends. Yes, no, that absolutely, hundred yeah. percent should be because the thing is, it's a, it's a, just a different strategy for people to go and approach it. Like, if I want to, for example, early in the draft, let's say I draft Gronk in like the second round, and then I want to draft Ertz in the third, let me do it. You know, yeah. like. They're they're high quality players and and frankly they score as much if not more than a lot of wide receivers to not allow them as a flex position it limits your league it limits the strategy of it you're wasting talent and instead we're getting you know arbitrary like are we getting guys that started like Tajay Sharp last year instead <laughs> right. I mean really what are we doing what's the point get get the players out there that are good and that's an easy way to do it well you brought that up so let's 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 look at that for a second then I want to go to. Uh you know, who you want to stay away from and who you really want to get out of the running backs okay. uh, through here. But like you said, I mean, if you do have an opportunity to go Gronk and then Ertz, that's probably going to be more likely at the top of your draft than it is at the back. Mm -hmm. There's not really anybody else that I would kind of combo in here. Um, I can't believe that the 11th overall is, is, our, is our good friend Trey Burton. Trey Burton, who once yeah. again threw the Philly special and to get the Philly special uh, addition of the uh, the Bud Light box with that engraved on the back of it, including two 16-ounce uh, wonderful Pilsner glasses and a specialized Bud Light. Uh, and one of them will be signed by Lane Johnson. You can get them here Thursday night at Chicken Pete's in South Philly is where we are right now. Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm always hesitant on that strategy, just like you said. Like, if you want to really dump your resources into give me Gronk and Kelsey or give me, you know, Ertz and Gronk or any of those two combinations, like, I would be scared of any of that once you like to me jimmy graham i understand that he's with aaron Rodgers. yes he's obviously going to look better than he did in seattle i'm not sure i can do that with him i think i draw a line kind of at you know the top three tight ends and if they're available sure especially if you know one draft and that's the, the most important part whether auction snake or otherwise make sure you zig when everybody else is zagging when there's a run stop the run and go pick up value where you need it, it usually leads to a, b a bunch of success. But, you know, how are you feeling about stacking tight ends? I'd be okay with it because you have to get the right guys, you know, and that's the thing. You mentioned Jimmy Graham. I think Jimmy Graham's going to be a top four tight end this year. 
because you're awfully worried about that. No, I'm not. Um, Green Bay, as long as Rodgers is healthy, they're going to move the ball. And for Jimmy Graham, especially with Jordy gone and in Oakland now, they need a red zone guy. Like, Devontae Adams is not your red zone guy. Jamal Williams is okay as a running back, but he's not spectacular. I mean, they've got got a total carousel Still has the greatest line of all time, by the way. Oh, you know what Jamal Williams well, said? Well, wait, no. What did he say? Jamal Williams, when uh, going through uh, the Senior Bowl last last year, said, what's your special trait? And he goes, man, I just smash a motherfucker in the face. And that was it. And then he walked out of the interview. I go, wow, somebody dropped that guy immediately. And Green Bay did. So yeah. That's a mic drop line for sure. <laughs> That's so awesome. So, yeah, like he's a fine goal line back, but he's not so dominant, and Green Bay's line isn't so great that they're not going to put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hand. Jimmy Graham got he got ten touchdowns last year yeah. with Seattle. My God, that red zone threat ability, yeah, well, yeah. For sure. So, so what he could do with Green Bay, I think, is going to be off the charts. And so, I'm expecting him. I mean, really, I wouldn't. I would expect him to get double digit touchdowns this year. I, I don't. Ooh, man, I don't know about double digits. Yeah. Um, I think his value is okay though. Like if he if he ends up being your te one. That's great. You know, like, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not in terms of like receptions and where he's going to be. I'm not sure. But yes, I think the touchdowns will certainly be there. Is there any stayaways from you in this tight end, uh, uh, value right now? I mean, um, I'd be, you know, every, just like every year, I would be worried about Jordan Reed. I think the one guy who yeah. is inc- incredibly undervalued right now, especially with Andrew Luck, because I don't know if you know this, we're not Vince, but Andrew Luck literally tries to drop Jack Doyle's name in every interview that he does <laughs> like it is it is I, I, I believe that uh, uh, Dan Lebetard in the morning did, that all of them did impressions and every single person said Jack Doyle in it and that's part of it he is looking for Jack Doyle at all times um, I believe people are underrating the Colts coming into the season as well not just because Frank is there but that does help I mean they actually have an offensive mind that works with the offensive quarterback yeah hey who would have thought um, I believe Jack Doyle is probably, to me, the most undervalued tight end just in terms of volume and receptions going into the season. Well, that's the thing, and it all goes back to Andrew Luck, and the Luck factor is just, I mean, my God, I think there's no reason why because now their offensive line is improved. He's got a real head coach that understands offense, yeah. and they've got weapons there. Like uh, Marlon Mack is a guy I want to talk about in a little bit. I love Marlon yeah, Mack. still not on his train. Yeah, oh, we'll th- maybe we'll get there eventually. Yeah, I'm, I'm driving that That's train. that anti-Michigan thing, but, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, <laughs> uh, have, but having that... Andrew Luckback is such a massive factor. Big time. And so, yeah, the Jack Doyle effect is going to be real. And for a guy that's listed right now as a 10th 10th tight end on list that I've seen, uh, he could easily be, you know, top six, top seven. I don't see any reason why not because the Colts are going to be throwing the ball a ton. It's their best way to move the ball. Luck is a legitimate MVP candidate, I think. And Doyle's going to be getting those passes. Do you think everybody just kind of starts uh, dusting off the old Russell Wilson versus Andrew Luck arguments again after this year? Well, yeah, it's you know what it is. It, like Luck's been out of the game essentially so long. So he got injured at the beginning of 2015. He played that whole season. He played 2016 for a little bit. Misses 17. So when he's out of like, remember what was Andrew Luck's stock in 2014? Like he's a, a like yeah, all pro, rise, you consistent know, playoff. Brought back uh, that, that huge deficit from Kansas City in the playoffs, and there was a whole thing about yeah. He was the single, like the way Carson Wentz is right now, where you'd say he is the highest valued young commodity at quarterback and therefore the highest valued young player in the league, period. Definitely. Andrew Luck was that guy just a few years ago. He's he's going to be turning 29 at the start of the season. And for him to be fully healthy, I think, says a lot. And people are just going to realize he's good again. I don't think people, and as far as sleepers go, 
he's kind of a sleeper in his own weird sense because it's just it's been so long. So you're going to get that value in other places. T.Y. Hilton is a guy that's going to have his stock go up a little bit, and Jack Doyle as well, for sure. Totally believe it. Well, and Timothy is, is, is chiming in here, and we appreciate everybody tuning in on the Facebook Live here. Um, you know, Eric Ebron is there, and he's currently going for a dollar in auction. And probably, listen, unless unless I'm not seeing something, and unless Frank Wright can just magically put a little potion on him and, and turn him into the weapon that everybody thought he was going to be in Detroit, I still don't see that. And it's not like Andrew Luck and him have had great chemistry. I don't know how many snaps he's going to be in. I don't think that's going to uh, dig into uh, into Jack Doyle at all. There is somebody else on this list that is actually valued lower, and I'm actually shocked that it is. Uh, you've been following Cleveland kind of a lot here as well. I don't know. I mean, Tyrod Taylor and all that. Yeah, there's. I, I'm still very hesitant as Cleveland as a football team, but uh, David Njoku is, is actually lower on the list than Jack Doyle is by two spots, according to Fantasy Pros here. That's another guy that I would love to either have as I'm not sure if I'm comfortable yet to be TE1 status, yeah. but certainly has the upside to do that and probably climb into the top five if everything goes according to plan there. Uh, he's got a lot of chemistry with both quarterbacks between Baker and Tyrod. Um, I like him a lot, too, later on in the rounds if he's still hanging around. Oh, yeah, great talent. Just as a raw physical presence, he's a great player. He's fast. And, yeah, he is. And, and for linebackers, he had a great catch. I, I think it was in that first preseason game he caught a touchdown. Yeah. He just burned a linebacker and c- caught a really nice ball over the shoulder and, and took it to the house. So he's a great player, and the weapons are just far better in Cleveland. And sure, the team's going to struggle, and so he's not – his upside, like, he's not going to be in that Zach Ertz, Kelsey. You know, he's not getting even, like, 700 yards, I don't think. But he's a guy that could get 500, maybe close to 600, and get you, like, six touchdowns on the year for tight end production. That is pretty darn good. And if you can get him as your second tight end, my God, you're in yeah. a great situation. You've got to love that. Uh, keeping it here in Philadelphia, I would take an extremely late flyer on uh, Dallas Goddard yes. in terms of that. I mean, I still don't know how it's going to work out, but... Certainly, he just red zone production out the yin yang, uh, and you're looking at some of the other rookie t- tight ends. And again, it's the same thing with. Um, I haven't said this yet, but whatever you do, please do not draft a rookie wide receiver anywhere in the top three rounds. Don't do oh it. Oh my god, no. don't do it. It's oh, not worth no. it. I know, like, hey, what about Odell? What about you know Amari Cooper? What about uh, I think Mike Evans had a pretty good rookie year as well. Those are all very special players. We've realized that over the years. Don't get caught in that trap. I was reading something the other day, and I forget where it's like over in the last 10 years, 3% of the wide receivers that have come in, no matter what round that they've been in, but every rookie is, I mean, a 3% chance that they get into the top 10. I think it's even uh, like 3.8 or 4% if they get into the top 20 in terms of fantasy points for wide receivers. It's a rarity. It's the hardest thing to transfer over from going to one and the other. I don't think tight end is much different from that. We've seen that time and time again. But what's your stance on drafting rookie tight ends yeah. and wide receivers? Yeah, rookies is generally one of the things. Outside of running back, it's it's somewhere you want to stay for, away from. Quarterback, uh, definitely stay away from rookie quarterbacks. But, uh, yeah, wide receivers, it's just such a massive risk. And what you do is you let other people get caught up in that flash because those guys always get drafted higher than they should be. Let someone else yeah. draft them, make that mistake. And honestly, if you believe in a player enough that's a rookie and they're probably going to struggle out of the gate, 
you could either trade for them really cheap later after they've had a couple of underperforming weeks and you can make the bet that later in the season they'll catch on or somebody's going to drop them outright and you're just going to be able to pick that guy up if you want, if you're fascinated. So, yeah, it's it's never worth the investment. It just doesn't work. Don't take the risk. I want to switch back to uh, running backs for a second, too, on who else you are kind, kind of staying away from in general and, and what, what don't you like about some of the guys – uh, this season. Okay. Well, the first guy I look at is Kenyon Drake. I, I don't want anything to do with Miami. I just think Very they suck. Very interesting pick. I, I think Miami just sucks, man. They're a terrible team. They got they don't have a whole lot going on. Their coaching is miserable. Uh, the team is miserable. They've already had statements already about how bad they are in training camp and the preseason, which, like, this is the flowery time. You know, this is when you say everybody's in the great shape and the team is starting to click and everything's coming together and we feel great and playoffs and all that stuff. And they're like, uh, we're sorry we're so bad right now. I mean, that's that, that's the state of the Miami Dolphins. So why am I going to invest in that when you do have Frank Gore there who's going to take away some of his touches, which is amazing that he's still doing it. Probably start to, he's probably your first and second down running back. Yeah. yeah, so like, if I'm looking at all those things, why am I taking the risk on Kenyon Drake? What has he shown me? What kind of elite talent is he? What kind of situation is he in where I have to say, oh, Kenyon Drake is a guy I have to draft? I mean, at, at some of the lists that I've looked at, and this was from ESPN, uh, Kenyon Drake listed as the 17th running back in the entire NFL. And that was over Jay Ajayi. That's over Derrick Henry. That's over Interesting. Uh, over Royce Freeman. Are you kidding me? Like, no, there's no way in hell that Kenyon Drake is over any of those guys. I wouldn't put him close. And so he's way, way, way overrated right now. Let someone else make that mistake. Yeah, I think people are, are extremely high on him, not only just going into last year, too, especially a lot of people in Miami, and Omar Kelly likes to hype the crap out of them, too. Like, they're like, oh, good, I'm glad J.H.I. is gone because he's got, he's got the degenerative knee, whatever. And you're going, okay. And Kenyon took over, and he is quick. That's, that is the difference. He's fast. He is really good. But I have the same concerns as you do. I don't think Miami is as bad as you're making the worst team in the league. Be, but um, I do see them struggling. And, again, you know, there's no pouncy there. There's... There's a lot of other different factors with that offensive line. It's something that Ajayi struggled with his entire career being down there, and you saw that kind of uh, kind of teeter out there. It's coming in on the Twitter.com, which you can find us there, at John Barchard, at Insvitz Quinn. Rate my team, fellas. This is from Brian Seville. Uh, he's got uh, Wenson Roethlisberger as his, his two QBs. Okay, that's a good start. All good there. Uh, Jordan Howard, Derek Henry, Jay Ajayi. Ronald Jones, Corey Clement. My goodness, this must be one of them fancy eight to ten. Yeah, <laughs> eight to there ten we go. Leagues. Uh, wide receivers are Hopkins, Landry, Funches, and Amendola. Uh, then he went uh, Ninjoku, and uh, Philly got it. Even though uh, Dallas got it, absolutely hates that. I don't know if everybody knows. Like every time it's he just grumbles a little bit every time he hears. Philly Goddard. Wait, are so. you telling me that a grown man doesn't like being renamed involuntarily? <laughs> you know, like, no, yeah, it's amazing. sure. I don't know. Yeah. Just start, like, if I just started calling you Bill all the time, you'd be pretty <laughs> pissed about that, Bill. Uh, Prater as the kicker, which is the most important part of your fantasy team. Uh, never forget that. Yes, first and then, pick. Uh, the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles uh, with the, with the, the defense there. I will say one thing, and I'm just going to say it, and it's not out of uh, any. I, I love that you have Eagles here. It's too many Eagles. There's too many Eagles already. Because you're going to get tripped up by, let's see, one, two, three, four. There's five spots. You get, you're riding with one team. <laughs> it makes your bye weeks a little a little. It's weird. devastating. Now, I'm that not bye saying, week. Uh, again, um, there is a lot of variance in there. There's a lot of variety. So it's not like you're going to have to. I'm just saying if you do end up starting those guys, it's going uh, to be a little rough. All, overall, though, I would say it's a pretty good job. It's a solid team. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally solid. Um, you know, Jordan Howard's a guy that, 
I just don't love – and I know he's had great seasons, and he, he yeah. had like 1,500 yards in a season. And you know what? I'll still say I kind of think he sucks. I, I just <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, just, I, think, I think Jordan <laughs> Howard – you know what it is? He's got no wiggle whatsoever. It's not even wiggle. It's just the Bears stunk. That's it. And he got – what? He got banged up last year too, right? Well – I don't even know. I I, I, know, I know he had a I know he had a pretty good season last year. If you look at the totals, he he had a pretty good year. But the thing, uh, yeah, I just they run him right up the middle, and that's why when the Eagles played the Bears, Jordan Howard died. Yeah, I mean he played. He got like thirty. There's no quarterbacks. There's no threat of doing anything. You well, know? There, there wasn't a lot there, and, and the offense was no, bad. No, 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 there was nothing there. Pretty much, yeah. You know, there there when was. You designed fourth down plays for your rookie quarterback to literally almost run out of the end zone and then throw it away. It's not great. They were lost. They were yeah. t- they were totally lost in a bad team. But if I'm looking at what's going to be good for the Bears going forward, I think a lot more Tariq Cohen's got to be a part of that equation. Now you're one of those Tariq Cohen. I am. Truthers. I'm a I'm a Cohen uh, truther, no doubt about you think it. That, is it. Now is that because of Nagy being there, or is that just because you know he's the ultimate kind of weapon for them, and he's their type of Darren Sproles, and that's that's his role. Well, one, it is. Yeah, versatility is part of it. And the other thing is, I, again, I just think that Howard is a guy that if you're going to run anything that isn't right up the gut, I just feel like he's limited. And so I don't like the the speed factor. I don't like the total. I mean, really, if he has to make a single cut, he, he can hardly do it. He's just, it's, he's just a straight bull rusher almost as a running back. So I don't like Jordan Howard. Uh, he's he's still going to be worth it. Like he's probably going to be in the top twenty in terms of running backs go. But I, sure. I, he's a little overrated for my liking. But otherwise, it was a pretty good roster. Uh, John Gentile also asking an interesting question, hitting back to the uh, the wide receivers. I mean, how much does? I don't think it really affects anything. But if Des Bryant does sign in Cleveland, what does that do to Jarvis Landry? Um, you know, I don't not, think it does much anything. Not a whole lot because for Des, it's going to be it's filling Corey Coleman's slot basically, and it's two big different shoes to fill. Yeah, like Corey ooh, Coleman. Oh boy! Look at that. Glad yeah. they passed up on Wentz for that. Uh, <laughs> even though I totally was in love with Corey uh, coming out of the draft, I thought he was. But like, yeah. that's the thing: never trust Baylor ever again. Their quarterbacks, their skill position players, their coaches—just forget it. Everything's Nothing. a wash. Um, yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think it affects much. I don't think Des becomes a focal point of that offense. I, I still think it's Landry and Joku and whoever's in the backfield at that point. So, I think you- you'll be okay there. Yeah, Des isn't a big deal because also Landry does different things. He's going to be the volume guy. He's essentially a running back in the receiving game. You yeah. know, it's going to be all these quick catches for seven yards, five yards, and he's just going to dink and dunk the Browns down the field. He's but he's still going to get like, even if Des took away a couple of catches. How many is Landry getting this year? Like ninety, probably. I mean, it's it's the the thing that I can't find out about Jarvis is because the constant and and, and again, I think it's a Miami thing. The one the one thing that is hilarious about the Browns in general and just trying to figure all this stuff out. I can't believe Jarvis Landry on this first week of training camp is yelling at the entire wide receiving room on hard knocks and just saying, you know. Let's fucking go! Like I don't. Everybody has to practice. This is ridiculous. Uh, I, you know, this is if you're not hurt, come and, come out and play. Yeah. Which I think is going to gain him a lot of respect from his quarterbacks, and they're going to want to throw it to him more. So I, I think he's an under. I think people underrate what he's what he's able to do. I really, really do. Uh, I'm I'm kind of bullish on on Jarvis Landry this year. No matter if Desiree, no matter whoever. They end up signing here. Well, if I recall correctly, he's an NFL record holder 
for the most catches in a four-year span to start a career. Like Jarvis right. Landry is exceptionally good. He he's not the big-time game-breaking guy, and also he's been in Miami, and nobody really pays attention to Miami because God, they're awful. So he hasn't gotten the name recognition. But man, if you've been following fantasy and Jarvis Landry had, if you haven't made it a goal to at least try to get Jarvis Landry on your team the last four years, you've made a huge mistake. You got to go back and look at Jarvis <laughs> Landry's numbers, man. He is the truth. He's a great player. Uh, now here is uh, something that's interesting. Well, well I want to I want to stick with quarterbacks because we're we've had this we had this debate on Saturday, and I, I just even just looking at it from a fantasy value, I don't really under, understand it. But um, first and foremost, if it is not named Rogers, Brady, or uh, or Wilson, don't bother. Just just move along and wait until. I'm going to even tell you to wait till uh, the old rule used to be eight round eight or or pass before you take it round 10 round 10 or passed for me now, because, uh, you know, there are people that are going to jump at Drew Brees. There are going to be tons of people that jump at Cam Newton. Um, And then after that, it's just determining, you know, that's where uh, Carson Wentz's ADP right now is like uh, seven for quarterbacks overall. Because people are not exactly sure when he's yeah, going to start. That's fair. He's going to start week one, by the way. Uh, and there's so there, there'll be some influx, but his value jump there uh, is. Let me ask this: Is Carson Wentz a semi-valuable pick if he is? If people are waiting, like if you scooped him up in the third or fourth round. Is that okay, or is that jumping the gun? Well, it, it is going to depend on the other quarterbacks. Let a couple other quarterbacks go first. If Wentz is the first guy taken, then I mean, so be it. But uh, he's going to be great. What's his, what's, his, what's his line? What are you saying that he's, all right, I'm, if he's available in this round, I'm not going to pass him up. Yeah, if he's available in, let's say, the sixth round, Wow, you'd wait until the sixth. I, I would because it's so. I'm always averse to quarterbacks, so that's yeah, that's my okay. thing. You don't like the running backs. I never like really taking quarterbacks high. I, I always try to sit on that and just let it ride. And and especially this year, yeah, there's a there's a lot of talent, and so I'll always try to target one or two guys that I know I can get in like the twelfth or the fifteenth or something like that. And I I ride it out that way. So if Wentz fell to the sixth, I would do it. Um, he's probably going to go before that. That's the unfortunate thing, right. too, is because we're talking to a lot of people who it's either you're an Eagles fan or you are in a league with a lot of Eagles fans. And what are Eagles fans going to do? Like that guy did that sent us his roster. They're going right. to draft every damn guy on the team. Why wouldn't you? And so when that happens, like Wentz's value is going to be a little bit inflated, most likely in the leagues that you're drafting in. So odds are it's not worth you picking Wentz when he's going to go. So I'll say that, but even if you pick him in the third round or the fourth round, let's be real. The offense is good, and it got better. So Wentz is going to be a big part of that. It's just a question of whether or not you get rushing yards. And it's such a minor thing to worry about that, you know, he's he's probably worth a third, fourth round pick. Yeah, that's where uh, I, I would say, like, the fourth round is, if he's still available, I think it's okay to to take a shot there. Fourth and fifth round, I, I think he's got the uh, a plenty of upside I mean, it's hard to ask him to be like, hey, uh, just repeat your MVP performance and stay healthy throughout the entire time and do all that. So I, I'm not I'm not as worried about the injury, and that's just something that you're going to have to throw your hat in the ring and have a little faith and, and whatever and kind of move on. But outside of that, um, there are really just a, a lot of QBs that I think you can roll with or just, you know, uh, do a do a two teamer from week to week. You're just gonna uh, judge based on play where it comes from. 
I would say from Marcus Mariota and actually Jared That's Goff. That's a great name to mention. Jared Goff all the way down to Eli Manning is probably a very good case. To one, are you a QB streamer at all? Have you ever done that before? I haven't streamed. Usually I pick, I'll pick two guys that are, are pretty close together. So I'll pick like yeah. 12 and 13. I've got no problem doing that because it's a bit of a roll of the dice. And usually those guys are at least average starters. So they'll be like the 10th starting quarterback so they deserve to be there and and that's good enough for me so i say uh that they're in the same way that i would pick off running backs you know you don't want to have too many quarterbacks taking up your bench uh but if you want to approach that strategy a little bit where it's all right this guy this week this guy next week and just kind of wait and see what happens in between them and kind of go for it there um i gotta say that jimmy garoppolo is pretty low on the list he is and I know that the, what I love right now is the narrative of he's only played six games. You're getting ahead of yourself. There's no reason to just say that Jimmy Garoppolo is just going to come up. And it's really not necessarily all him. To me, it's him and Kyle Shanahan together. And I know that there's there's still a lot to determine with their skill positions and what this 49ers team really is. I still feel like they're inching toward a 9-7, 10-win season type of game or a type of season and i like jimmy garoppolo there as kind of you know a very late round type of pickup that i'm not sure if i'm comfortable with him writing it writing it dying with him the entire season uh for fantasy value wise as a quarterback in general yes of course but uh i think if you have a combination of just like you're saying you go with him uh you go with a uh, that in a case keenum or that in a a, a jared golf a, a, a pat mahomes something like that that's going to be pretty exciting uh, for uh, to take a risk on. Speaking of Pat Mahomes and a lot of the other kind of rookie QBs that are coming through this, is there anybody that sticks out to you in general? Like, are you, you going to try and grab a, a Baker Mayfield or something at this at some point just to stash away, or is it not worth it until they announce it and hopefully you can get him on the waiver wire? Yeah, a lot of the rookies, I don't want to touch it. Uh, Josh Rosen, you don't know if he's going to start, and and. Even still, I just I don't think he's going to be great. I worry about Arizona. You got a defensive head coach that's taken over that team. Larry Fitzgerald, I worry about him for that very same reason. Is is yeah. like Matt McCoy's coming in and he's been an offensive coordinator for a while, but is he going to be able to get a thousand yards out of Larry Fitzgerald in the slot? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I I I really I have some doubts about that. So I worry about Arizona. I don't want to touch that. Sam Darnold with the Jets. I like some players on the Jets, but Darnold's not one of them. Mayfield, right now, they're very strict on it. They keep saying it over and over and over again that, hey, Tyrod Taylor's going to start. So I'm not touching Baker Mayfield. There's zero reason yeah. to do it. Why take the risk as much as I love Mayfield? So, yeah, generally, there's really... Because Tyrod might stink in the first four weeks, and then well, all of a sudden, they make a little switcheroo. Well, yeah, and that's when you have to be the <laughs> literally the first guy to make the waiver yeah. claim and hope for the best, but... Otherwise, yeah, none of the rookie quarterbacks are worth it. Mahomes is really interesting. You got his big play potential is just so there with yeah. Andy Reid, who we, we've seen him with air it out. With Travis, there, yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good offense. It's a great spot for Mahomes. He could get you some rushing yardage as well, and that is fun. Um, another guy you mentioned, Marcus Mariota. I love Mariota this year because it's just it's just going to be out better. Of it's just going to be so much better this year, right? Like I think Vrabel's going to handle himself as a head coach. And I know he's a defensive guy, but the other guy they brought in was he was the right-hand man to Sean McVay last year. So when you're getting that Rams offense and you're giving it to a guy in Mariota, I think that's really exciting. 
and they added some weapons. Deion Lewis, Mark, uh, Derek Henry is still there, and you know uh, they're they're just a well built team. They already made the playoffs with with a horrible coach. So when you think of that, the numbers for Mariota are going to skyrocket. So even if he's like your high level second quarterback, that's a great pick. Huge, huge, huge Mariota fan. Jared Goff, grossly underrated. I really think it's criminal how low he's ranked. Really? I'm actually, uh, that's my stay away from this year is because Jared Goff to me as well as that offense performed last year and certainly Sean McVay deserves a ton of credit for it. Um, You started to see the winning, and maybe that's just experience and development too and I'm overreacting to it, but Jared Goff kind of weaned off as the season kind of got to its end there um, uh, in, in the playoffs at home. Not really that great either. I feel like the Rams offensively will regress uh, from their numbers last year. Doesn't mean that they'll be bad or that they're not, you know, a, a contending team. I think they obviously are. I don't think Jared Goff's play skyrockets like it did from, you know, year one into year two, mainly for a, just a, a ton of different reasons. And I know that Brandon Cooks is there, and I know that you know they've they've kind of tinkered around with their offensive line a little bit too. Um, as long as Jared Goff is a distributor, yeah, I think he's going to be okay. But I think there's, there's going to be more up and down games this year than consistency. So I'm a little worried about Jared Goff. I think he's slightly overvalued right now. See, I think Brandon Cooks is a way bigger upgrade than Sammy Watkins by a lot. Uh, then oh, you, well, without a doubt, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so I love that upgrade. It is the second year in the offense. You've also got, I mean, the defense. Think of how much better the defense has gotten. It's rare to say this, but that defense has gotten so good now that they're going to have more opportunity. So even if they regress, they're going to have a chance to put up, like, statistically, you know, they're not getting as many yards per play, not converting as many thirds. They're just going to have more opportunities in general than they did before. And so I like the Rams a lot. Uh, for Goff, I mean, Goff's rated in some cases, I've seen him as low as, like, the 19th quarterback. I don't, know how, I don't know how you can run one of the top offenses in the NFL and go all the way down to being the 19th quarterback. I think that's totally ridiculous. Goff is an excellent value. He's a big-time target for me late in the rounds, and I love him a lot. Now, here's another guy that I know you're not going to like this. And, and that's oh, kinda, I think I know where you're going. Uh, to yeah, 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 we're going to the silver but and I, black, but, baby. But I, Oh, no, okay. I wasn't oh, yeah, that. Mr. Derek Carr. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. I'm, um, yeah, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> and it's not because of – well, it is a little bit because of Derek, and it's not just injury history. And listen, you never – in the history of the NFL, and I know there's only small sample sizes, but every time the year before a team moves to a different city, it's terrible. It never works out great. It's five wins. It's six wins. It's, you know, the last time that Cleveland was playing before they moved to Baltimore. I mean, what a dreadful season. Uh, and they moved in the middle of the night as well uh, with, with that. And when they when they moved uh, the Colts to Indianapolis, it's the same thing. It's just like they all just it was so bad. And everybody knew it, and that energy was there. And it's not go win one for the Gipper. And listen, there's a lot of different factors. Why I'm saying this too. I like they they if if this roster was brought in in 2009, man, what a team that they would have. You got Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. You got yeah, uh, what a Doug Martin is 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 in Oakland now. You've got. You know, uh, a lot of just well, Jordy. Jordy's Jordy, a little bit Jordy up there. Wilson, Thirty-three, and you're just going. Okay, or is that wrong? Is that, is that it's too old? Maybe he's 31. Uh, but regardless, it's not like these guys are in their prime and they're coming out. And then you factor in John Gruden into that too. And I know that everybody's kind of hopped up on that and whatever, but man, it's not going to be good. I, I, I'm staying away from all Oakland skill players. 
including Amari Cooper. Wow, yeah. See, I, I hate Gruden, and I think it was a horrible hire, and yeah. ultimately, down the line, it's going to be bad. Like, that, <laughs> they gave him a 10-year contract. It's the dumbest thing in, in history. Oh, he's like, going to pay it back, though. Oh, yeah, it. that's right. He yeah. said on his word. Uh, so, yeah, you got to believe and that. And that's just but, strong as oak. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of crap. Anyway. Yeah, speaking of oak, they're leaving it. Um, yeah. So, anyway, with, with John Gruden, it's like, so I don't, I don't like some of the things around the team, but for Derek Carr and the value that he can get, because when you're looking that late, you want to get a guy that has potential to be really good, and I like the upside potential. So it's a little bit of a risk, but I like that risk because Derek Carr is rated somewhere in the yeah. 20s, ADP-wise. So if I'm getting a guy, really, he could be like a second-to-last round, third-to-last-round pick. If I'm getting that kind of talent that late, Derek Carr does have some talent to him. I'm all in for that. I'm very excited. Yeah, see, I'd, ra- I'd rather at this that point, because I know uh, Tyrod Taylor's in the same kind of location is in terms of a much more comfortable waiting for him and being that starting uh, QB, QB2 range for that. So well, we may differ, but here's one that, even though I, I love making fun of the Cowboys, and I'm, I'm totally against Dak Prescott, I do think there's a lot of value there. Really? I think there's an incredible... <laughs> Oh, you, I'm not touching him. In Dak Prescott, for if you're in an auction league, he's going for two bucks. In a lot of ADPs, he's a 16th rated quarterback, and you're going, all right. Like I, I, I get it to a point, and I know that wide receiving core is terrible, and we know that, but he still has legs, you know. And even if he's only going to throw 19 times a game for 193 yards, he's still a good backup to have, and maybe an upside of he turns out of that shell and ends up being something other than complete garbage. And, but that's the I, thing. And I like to think of it as I'm helping him contribute to being garbage if I select him because, you know, if that happens, <laughs> then uh, then I put the hex on him and then he has a terrible year anyway. So, <laughs> what? no, I, yeah, I if think you, I think Dak Prescott is is undervalued right now. Oh, my God. I saw him. According to ESPN, I, I wrote this down because I was so appalled. He was listed as the 14th quarterback. 14th quarterback. Fourteen. No, he if he's the 24th. I could be entertained by that, but my God, twenty-fourth. That's Andy Dalton range. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I don't see why not. I mean, my God, Dak is Dak is a very limited player. He's good throwing on the run, but he's just not a great pocket quarterback. You can't lean on him to throw the ball. He hasn't shown anything. Jason Garrett's an unshown. If he's shown something, he's not shown anything. He's shown that he deserves more time, but he hasn't shown anything for me to invest in him. Like he hasn't had a great season as a raw quarterback. Look at every Dallas Cowboys team since Jason Garrett's taken over. Bad, good, bad, good, (laughs) bad, and now it's on the upswing again for good again. So that's what I'm saying. Like I'm just. I'm playing the odds that from six, anywhere from 16 to 20, if he's that QB on the board, I mean, why not? Man, yeah. I, I don't think he's so going to be there guys. to solve your issues. I think he's a good one to take as a QB, too. Like, I would rather have uh, Mitchell Trubisky than Dak Prescott. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I, uh, where, where is Mitch on your list? Because oh, he's way down on mine. Well, on my trash list that I have here, he's listed all the way down at uh, 26, but he's probably in a different position than that now. Yeah, he's uh, 21, uh, according to Fantasy Pros. And where's, I don't, where's I don't, Prescott? Prescott's at 16, so that's, yeah, a, that's, a, that's five. But, it's five, five QBs difference. But They're all in the same range. Yeah, but still, like, I, man, yeah, I just don't. 
I do not like Dak Prescott. I'm not touching him. He, he, he's got to earn it. If he, if he plays well this year with bad receivers, next year, draft Dak Prescott because, holy crap, that offense is going to be awful <laughs> passing-wise. So if he can figure it out with this team this year, then I'll invest in him next year. But, man, I'm letting someone else take that risk. I want nothing to do with him. Uh, I, uh, let's uh, switch over to wide receivers before we, uh, we uh, start to wrap things up here. Um, I don't, you know, obviously we've mentioned Antonio Brown. I'm fine with him. Are you taking him one through ten? It doesn't matter. He should be off the board in the first round. That's mm-hmm. not a big deal. Uh, the one guy that pops up right away, though, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know. I don't know. You know, his ADP is the second overall wide receiver. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking that. I think that's still way too high. And, again, it's because Watson's coming back and staying healthy. So, I mean, there's not a lot of downside there. Uh, most of the time, uh, there isn't a, uh, a, you know, to tear your ACL again the very next year. Normally doesn't happen, but uh, it, it, that's when everybody's mind. So I kind of get it back and forth. I just think he's slightly overvalued at this point. Well, you know what it is? It, it's interesting because when you're looking at the wide receiver position, I think it's it, for the last like five, six years, it's always been like this. It's been Antonio Brown is number one. And then everybody else from like two to seven or eight, yeah. it rotates. That and that order changes dramatically year to year. You know, Julio Jones could be the second wide receiver, then he's the eighth, and and then uh, maybe Mike Evans is that guy that's number right. two one year. Or like it's it's just so flexible. It's almost like you're turning the bingo balls over, and it's just <laughs> like, oh, okay, it's Odell Beckham's turn this year to be the number two wide receiver in the league. So when it comes to those guys. I w- unless you think you have some sort of inside scoop or, or something, like some really harebrained, uh, ridiculous conspiracy thing of why one guy is clearly going All to right. be better than those All other right. receivers, then I just don't see the need to to really go and force that pick. You could probably get one of those receivers that could really, because let's say, okay, Hopkins is a number two pick, right? Uh, or as wide receiver, he's a second. So he's going to go in the first round. You could get a guy like, uh, let's see, okay, maybe it's not Mike Evans this year, but let's say Devontae Adams, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe Devontae Adams, you pick him at the beginning of the third round, and you could get the same caliber player as Hopkins this year. Like That's that's pretty exceptional to me. And so when it comes to those receivers, I, I don't reach unless you're in a weird spot in the draft and you know and there is a run on receivers, then all right, go and buy on one of those guys. But there's so many of them that could give you almost the exact same thing that it's hard yeah. to differentiate, and I don't want to waste that top pick in the first round on getting a talent like that. Uh, and especially when it gets really crunched up between you know wide receivers, I think five through fifteen, when it's you know Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, who is always like the forgotten guy, mainly because he just gets injured and everybody feels disappointed once once yeah. he does. So that's always a risk there. Actually, I'd probably bump him down about four or five spots before I do that because of that risk, yeah, because of that exactly. But I mean, the, again, like AJ Green is always forgotten about in that. He, he always yeah, it's right up there. Like couldn't, it's the same yeah, amount. couldn't he easily be the second best Absolutely. receiver in the league this year? Why not? Absolutely, he could, and it just depends on which Andy Dalton kind of shows up from from game to game. But sometimes that really doesn't even matter. But um, the one thing, the, the crunch that I think is is completely undervalued here too, and I would bump up. This is more towards like wide receiver 19, 20, 21, 22. Larry Fitzgerald, if you, if you especially if you are in a full point PPR, you need to as long as Sam Bradford is standing, uh, he needs to be bumped up a couple of spots in my mind. I mean that is nothing but slot dump offs and four and five yards here and there and whatever. Um, I think I think uh, Larry Fitzgerald, as long as he's been in this league and as long as we've talked about him, and for many years he was in that one, two, three, four, five spot. I don't think he gets up there. I just think he's undervalued with Sam Bradford throwing him the football. 
want to get your take on Allen Robinson, too, because we've discussed Mitchell Trubisky to a point. To me, Jacksonville is stupid for letting homegrown talent so go and, and doing that. So dumb. Giving Chicago a weapon that they finally I need. I mean, you got to pay Blake Bortles. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, which is like, <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic move by there. Oh, and by the way, congratulations to... Uh, uh, who is it they got suspended? Flower and uh, oh Fowler and uh, and my man Jalen oh, yeah. Ramsey. <laughs> Jaylen Ramsey. I love Jalen Ramsey. Now, can you imagine um, if Jalen Ramsey and, and Flower were in Philadelphia, and Howie Roseman or Peterson or whoever made the decision says, "Hey, um, these two guys badmouth the media, so therefore we're going to take them away from a full week of a preseason game." Sorry, you don't get to go to Minnesota. In the middle of summer, I know it's really disappointing. The beautiful. And we're going to find you, and you have to go home. You're not going to be at practice. Darn. Thanks, Coach. Tragic. Total Coughlin move, right? That has to be a Coughlin. <laughs> yeah, that's, not, that's so ridiculous. That's not Doug Marone. That's Coughlin doing that stuff. So. Yeah, you poor soul missing training camp. Yeah. Uh, it's trending. Trust me. I know everybody's jumping on Jacksonville. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. That's my hot take for, uh, for August. But uh, between uh, Allen Robinson and, to me, the most undervalued guy on this board, and he always is every single year, is Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones mm. will consistently help you out and win playoff games and get you to the next level. He is one of the most forgotten about commodities, certainly not if you're a Lions fan. You know what's going on there. I don't think Golden Tate really uh, dives into any of his catches or whatever because they're uh, or receptions, I should say. They are they're in two totally different skill sets. Marvin Jones is is very much boom and and not a lot of busts there. You know he's still going to grab you your 11, 12 point, nine point games to get you consistent through the season, but he's got the upside of 25, 30, 35, sometimes like huge games. I think Marvin Jones is always kind of undervalued as it goes along here too. And you mentioned it before. I'm shocked that Brandon Cooks is even below that at 24. This is a guy that has turned in 1,000-yard wide receivers, and I know everybody says, but that was Drew Brees and Tom Brady and, you know, whatever, and if he can't really get past. Listen, uh, you're putting him in a a very capable offense that totally fits his skill set. Uh, I know that I just said that I think the, the offense is going to regress a little bit. Still with that, I do think that Jared Goff and Brandon Cooks are going to have we're going to have to have a connection at some point because um, you know their schedule overall. I might have to look back at it and take this back, but it's not overall uh, that strong either, especially when it comes to the secondaries. I love Brandon Cooks again, especially if you're you're down at right wide receiver twenty one. And he's going off for twenty twenty two dollars. Yeah, he could be a top ten wide receiver. I don't see why not. Uh, do you see the contract? I don't he know got? about top ten, but he got a big time contract. Yeah, I mean, they're they paying him, they're paying him to be that kind of guy. And I guarantee you, Sean McVay is going to come up with ways to throw him the ball. He's the best receiver on their team, and he's going to be great. Yeah, Brandon Cooks at that. If he falls that far, and that's the ADP we're talking about there, like in the twenties as a wide receiver. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, if like. I know you just went in on Marvin Jones, but like Cooks is better than Jones in this year. I I would go with Brandon well, Cooks. I don't know. I think they came out about the same last year, which again is why why I'm telling doesn't really matter if one of those guys are on the board. You need to go grab yeah, them, you know, no, for and, sure. And if they're going to wait around, and that's where the other one is too. Josh Gordon is even lower than those two. So I, you know, I, I it's and I think Josh Gordon actually opens up a lot of targets for Landry again. You know, yeah. I think they'll have success there. Tyrod's been dying for somebody to throw downfield. Um, he hasn't had a, a ton of success. A lot of, one, I think it's of his own, but two, I mean, I can't think of anybody in Buffalo that was a deep threat, especially like a guy where it's just, just please throw it to me and I'll go catch it and go take care of things. Where do you stand? I mean, so the first legitimate year that we always talk about Josh Gordon, where he's physically going to be on the field and more than likely going to be there, 
throughout the entire season. Uh, for those that waited, congratulations. I know I did last year. Just waited and waited and waited. Uh, and now he's going to be one of my keepers going into the season. But, yeah, Josh Gordon, to me, is another guy that fits into that. He can probably easily be in the top ten, maybe even yeah. the top five if he's here all 16 games. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's he's one of the greatest talents in the NFL, period. He's, he's just a physical marvel. And to have that kind of ability and and for him, the maturity of this, right? Like, he yeah. could have shown up and said, like, you know, I'm, I've got all these anxiety issues and I'm all screwed up, but I'm here because I have to be. And he was like, you know, I'm going to step away for a little bit. This is just, it's just what I got to do. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to show up. And for him to have that kind of maturity to do that, I think it's great. So I'm buying on Josh Gordon this year. I don't think he's going to miss a lot of time. If he, even if he misses like a week, you're going to yeah. forget about that once he has a 30-point game. And it's going to be worth every second with Josh Gordon. So let him drop a little bit because people are going to be scared of him. That I think more people are going to, you know, you're you're one, you're always scared because of a guy like that, and he's got the suspension history. Two, he's a Cleveland Brown, and not a lot of people are, are bullish on Cleveland Brown. So all those things are in your favor, and you can get Gordon on a good price with ridiculous, ridiculous oh, yeah. value. And speaking of buying, uh, I'm going to be buying one of these bad boys. Oh yeah, because uh, this is the ultimate fantasy value here. One fantasy because. I never ever thought that the Eagles were actually going to win a Super Bowl, and now that they have, Bud Light is is basically putting this uh, commemorative thing together so we never forget that the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. It's the Philly special edition of uh, of the Bud Light package here, which is the play is engraved on the back of this box right here. You get two one two sixteen ounce Pilsner glasses in that bad boy in the middle with the most important part, the beer. It's going to be here Thursday night, and so will we. Myself and James Seltzer will take you right up until kickoff as they play the Patriots. I'm sure we will be incredibly petty. Uh, I expect you guys <laughs> to be at the same time. Chicken and Pete's in South Philly is one of the only places that you're going to be able to get this. We're going to be giving 10 away along with uh, one of them will be signed by your boy, Lane Johnson, number 65. So great. And who knows? There might be so few surprises here. Uh, uh, some special guests might show up. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, Ava Graham will be down here, too. It's going to be a, uh, a ton of fun. With that said, if you do have any more fantasy questions, get us at GoBirdsPod, at John Barchard, at It's Vince Quinn, and the guy that's going to be running this week in fantasy the entire year who's decided on one of the most important <laughs> fantasy weeks ever. Uh, not ever, but, you know, it's still the second week, third and fourth. Uh, James Seltzer, uh, this week in fantasy, will be starting up next week with our good friend Sigmund Bloom from the Football Guys. They will get you primed and ready for everything else, and they need your questions as well, at James Seltzer, at Sigmund Bloom. Uh, that is Vince Quinn. Do you have any final thoughts here, sir? All right, two final thoughts. All One, right. uh, I'm just going to say it right now, Lamar Jackson needs to be listed as a flex player. <laughs> oh, God, you're one of those guys. He's got to be listed as a flex player, man. He's going to be getting reps as a wide receiver. He's yeah. gonna, he might get the ball in the backfield. they got to list him as a flex player. And if he, if they do that, if your league lists him as a flex player, you draft him at the end Don't of that Don't do it, draft. John Harbaugh. Don't do, do it. it. Do it. And the other thing is, I want you to. I came up with some team names. I just want you to rate them real quick. So I'm torn. Oh, okay, good. I'm, I'm torn between two. All right. One is based on Kerry on Johnson, who is the <laughs> the running back for the Lions. Yes. And the, love that guy, by the way, so, Auburn, sp spectacular. Probably helped John Gentile in his college fantasy draft. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Which so, I'm getting into this year. So yeah. so solid running back. And the team name I came up for uh, with Kerry on Johnson would be Kerry on my wayward son. I knew that you were going there. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> so that's one. All right. And two, this is for the Eagles fans out there, and okay. you're you're welcome for this in advance. I'm just going to say that okay. it's a great name, and you're welcome. All right. I got her pregnant. <laughs> All right. 
All right. It's not yeah, bad. Okay. So, all right. I got her pregnant. So, all right. all right. So I guess I got her pregnant is the winner. So that's uh, yeah, I would stick with that. One. All right, that's going to be my fantasy name this year. We're making that happen. All right. So, so those are my final thoughts, John. Uh, that is Vince Quinn. We will be live again at Chicken Pete's on Thursday. Patriots, Eagles, a lot of Bud Light stuff. Come and hang out, uh, and that will do it for uh, Go Birds live uh, from uh, Chicken Pete's in South Philly, right here on Radio.com and ninety-four WIP. We'll see you guys. Podcast. A radio.com podcast.